she says in her low, hoarse voice. That cell certainly does need something, something decorative. Veronica has been on death row the longest and has a manner that commands respect, something about the way she holds her shoulders back and peppers her statements with words like certainly, absolutely, and indeed. She's 63 years old and wears her white hair in a bun. Her skin is loose and she is fleshy, wide at the hips. She rises from her cot and wraps one of her veined hands around a metal bar. Although they're no longer allowed cigarettes, Veronica has retained a smoker's way of speaking, pausing between statements, a pause that should be punctuated by a deep inhale and elegant exhale of smoke. They wait, and Veronica decrees, Art! Excuse me, says Karen. Art! says Veronica. Everyone finds something or makes something, some sort of art. Let her do it herself, says Karen. She points to Veronica's cell. You don't want someone else's crap on your wall, you know? Veronica turns to look at her cell, which is filled with yellowing photographs. She has wedding pictures of herself with all her husbands. Alan, Grady, Bill, Patrick, Stephen, another Bill, Chuck. In the earliest pictures, she's small-boned, engulfed in dresses like cakes, layered and creamy. Over the years, her body grows solid, and her wedding dresses become darker and more spare. Patrick is the last husband for whom she wore a veil. Veronica's face goes slack looking at the photographs. She's lost in one of her wedding days, spinning on a dance floor while the band plays Starlight Melody and her new husband presses his warm lips to her forehead. Tiffany jumps in. I wish you had put something in my cell. It was so horrible being dragged here and dumped like a bag of garbage. Her voice goes shrill, indignant. Tiffany insists that she is innocent that somebody else drowned her daughters, Joanna and Josie. Somebody else took them to the pond behind Tiffany's house and put rocks in the girls' matching sleeping suits. Somebody threw them in, held them under until they drowned, and watched them sink. Their open mouths, throats filled with water, eyes open to stinging darkness. In Tiffany's cell, she has 26 shades of nail polish lined up in a gleaming row. Karen tries not to roll her eyes. Jackie looks up from her sewing. What about one of my quilts, she says. It would add some color anyway. She brushes her hair from her freckled forehead with a quick motion, and something in her jaw snaps. Jackie is filled with mean energy. She moves fast, talks fast, has bony elbows and knees. To keep her hands moving, she sews, quilts, pillows, the dress she'll be executed in. The dress is red, with sequins she orders from a catalog. They'll only let her have one dull needle, so her sewing goes pretty slowly. Although Mountain View quilts seemed like a good idea for a business, Jackie has only sold one through the website her sister maintains. Jackie used to be a hairdresser and likes to do everyone's hair. Obviously, she can't cut anything, but she brushes it around and sprays hairspray. Also, she does Tiffany's nails. She's due to be executed in a month.
I think the Satan killer would love a quilt, says Tiffany, looking at Veronica. She can have this green one, says Jackie. It's all fucked up. She gestures to a quilt that's uneven and badly stitched. Karen reaches both arms behind her and pulls her thin ponytail taut. Fine, she says. Go ahead and make some art. Veronica is still staring at her photographs. She does this, fades from the situation at hand. They all assume Veronica won't make anything for the empty cell. Besides disguising the taste of arsenic in home-cooked dinners, she isn't really talented in domestic arts. They've already seen the Satan killer on TV. She's black, like Karen. Her name is Charlene Jones. She's 19 years old. Karen, who since childhood has been unable to ignore the...